Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I am Ken Walls and I'm your host. And I have a really, really special guest on today. This guy is a, well, I'm going to let him tell you his story. So this dude's a rock star though. I want to welcome my new buddy, fairly new buddy, Dave Ferguson to the show. Welcome, Dave. Hey, Ken. Glad to be here, man. Thanks Glad to have you here. Yeah, we had good. some technical challenges, that, but we faced them, man, took them down. <laughs> yeah, good old tech. <laughs> so good morning to Cindy Hurley. Good morning. So um, Dave, you know, I created this show. I don't know. I've interviewed about 250 celebrities and entrepreneurs, and um, I, I've done it for a little over two years now. I started this to, to help people get unstuck. And probably for some selfish reasons, I think I was a little stuck at the time myself. <laughs> and and so um, I truly believe that by hearing other people's stories of how they've faced hardships and overcame them, and um, I just think that we all grow from that. So I'm excited to have you on here. I know you've, you've had your own challenges in life. So um, let's start with where you were born and raised. Well, all right. So, hey, I'm glad to be here. Thanks. Ken, and thanks for having me. And I, I like your story, which is one of the reasons I wanted to connect uh, with you um, as as we are now. So thanks. Yeah. Um, you know, I was born um, Eastern Long Island. Oh. Um, and um, I'm still here, by the way. I forgot to tell you I'd give you full screen every oh, now and then. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. I like that. I like that, I think. <laughs> I was born, I always like to say I was born a poor kid in Eastern Long Island. Out, yeah. And very right on the tip of the Hamptons. So if you know anything about the Hamptons, um, I grew up with a lot of envy. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's where all the rich people live, isn't it? Yeah. But there's some poor people in there right in it and around it, you know. And um, and so, you know, I feel like that's kind of where I was. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, like I said, I grew up with a lot of envy. And, you know, as I say often, envy, you either succumb to envy or you grow through it. And right, so, right. You know, I was blessed to uh, to grow through it. So um, <laughs> we're going to talk about the elephant in the room here in a minute. <laughs> My buddy Brian Hess is on here. He's yeah. reading two of John Maxwell's books right oh, now. Um, yeah. So 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 no, I don't know anything about Long Island or the Hamptons personally. Um, obviously, I've heard of the Hamptons, but so you grew up in in a poor family. I did. I grew up in a poor family. I lost my um, my uh, biological father when I was six. Oh wow! And, um, had really never met him until his funeral. Um, oh jeez! So for me, that was a you know a, a defining moment in my life. Um, and um, I was one of six kids. Um, I still am one of six kids. Um, <laughs> you know, um, my mom's deceased now. Um, I had a stepdad who was deceased as well. And so, um, yeah, you know, things were interesting as kids, you know, I grew up in, you know, in, in that circumstance, but there was so much wealth around me. Yeah. And so I became so motivated by money. Really? Yeah. I became so motivated by money. Like I was a hustler as a kid, like, you know, I like to say, you know, how people say that, you know, they're, 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 they, they were born in, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, they were dirty or I forget the term really, but I always yeah. say I was kind of like, I started out quicksand, like, and so I had to crawl out. And that's where that whole envy piece came because I did have a lot of envy 
and and I wanted different things in my life and I wanted more. And there was something there really early that sparked me. In my book, I say it was around 10. But part of me thinks it was a little earlier, but 10 was really where I could remember it happening. Yeah. So I became a hustler, man. Like I was up like early, like I still am today. And like I was the first kid out on the street shoveling snow, raking lawns, shopping for older people, just like just a hustler. So I, I always had money in my pocket. It was such a driver for me early on in my life. I, I love that, man. I, I, I have a similar story. And, and and for those of you in the South that don't understand, snow is this white slippery stuff that falls out of the sky <laughs> and yeah. and people hate it laying on their sidewalk. So, mm -hmm. so you were out hustling, going door to door, selling snow shoveling services. Oh, whatever, man. Like I don't, yeah. I don't, I would do it like whatever it took. I would do it. You know, yeah. I just felt like to change my circumstances. I had to take control. And like I say in my book around 10, I really realized while well, I had people that loved me around me, it yeah. was all up to me. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what, when did your mother pass away? My mom passed away. It'll be eight years. It'll be eight oh, years. Oh, oh, okay. So recently I got oh. you. Yeah. Um, so as a kid, though, you, you lost your biological father at six years old, 10 years old. You had this epiphany that you you needed to take control of your life. And and it, what happened from there? What was school like? Did you did you do well in school? Were you I wasn't I was a good student. I was kind of an average student at the beginning. Yeah. Um, you know, and, th and then it's, it upgraded. Like I upgraded, I was popular. I was my senior class president and, and oh, wow. so I was involved. I was a pretty fairly decent athlete. Um, and, um, I was semi-popular. Um, I think I actually got voted. I don't remember. Maybe I got voted most popular or something. I don't remember, but it's funny cause we were, at, we had our reunion scheduled for, uh, May 15th actually. Oh, uh, wow. Um, and so we just had to reschedule it. So I've kind of been running that with a committee of people. It's been kind of fun. But yeah, I did. I did okay in school. Um, did you go I, to college? I did go to college. I went to a, um, a two-year school. Um, yeah. Got my associate's degree, and um, and then I actually joined the Air Force. Wow. And and I just man, that was one of you know. There's different stages in your life that you look back at and you go like, wow. Okay, I did that for financial purposes, to be honest with you. Yeah. I couldn't afford to pay for college. I had, I by the way, I, I had become a father while I was in my two-year college. Um, Jeez. So, so I now had a family to take care of, but I was still very, very driven. Like, I had to get that four-year degree. And what I figured out is that when I went and talked to the services and the Air Force offered me this pretty amazing program for me, I scored really high on the tests. I did well. I did well in training. And um, I got my first, I was number one in my class. I got my first choice of bases. So I chose Andrews, the presidential base. Um, and I did that for a couple of reasons. Of course, who wouldn't want to work on that, you know, small presidential base and be so close to all of that. Yeah. But also there were so many universities around there that the Air Force had relationships with. Yeah. So it allowed me to go to University of Maryland um, while I was performing my duties in the Air Force. And 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 technically really not have to pay. So, um, you know, I was lucky to come out my four year degree um, and not have any debt, not any college debt. My debt was to the country, which I served it and I loved it. Yeah. Honestly, I got to tell you, I almost stayed. 
Um, in the Air Force. I almost stayed. I had, you know, a lot of opportunity in front of me. I loved it. It didn't really feel like a job. I was around some great people. I had access to some great people and some great leaders, you know, if we talk about leadership. Um, And I just, um, I had, my degree was in economics and finance, and I had a really good opportunity. Someone connected me to a really great opportunity. So I ended up choosing it. No regrets, but I easily could have stayed in the Air Force and loved it for 20 or so, 20 or so years. Still have a lot of friends from that world. So when you were in, when you were in the Air Force, did you, um, I mean, did you, did you ever like get into partying when you were like, uh, did none of that? No, I had a good time. Oh, Okay. I mean, I had a good time, but I was focused. You know, I was Airman of the Year one year. Wow. Um, I was, like, really focused. Um, and they wanted me to stay in, and it, it was a challenge. No, I was focused. I had some fun. Yeah. I kept busy, um, you know, but I was also, you know, really into health and fitness at that point, too. So, yeah, you know, it was a balance. But, yeah, I had a lot of fun. And D.C. is like a – you know, we'd go to Georgetown. I mean, you know, right – Andrews is right there. It's like – it's a – you know, I'm not sure I live there now, but back in, you know, in the early eighties, it was fun. Yeah. Cindy says, thank you for your service. I second thank that. You, thank you. So, so what happened after you got out? So you spent what, four years in the air force? I spent four years. I was a program called bootstrap. Um, I served some time in the guard after that actually okay. out in Hamptons at West Hampton air force base. Okay. No longer there now, but now it's a more of a private for private, you know, it's for Learjets and Gulf streams now. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. uh, um, yep, I, I served my uh, my time out there as well on weekends. Okay, uh, and and um, you know, and I I started in the finance arena. I I um, won't mention the name. I don't like to mention the names of the organizations. I just don't think it's right. But I worked for two. Um, I worked twenty one years for two pretty big financial giants. And really? um, man, I I've just been blessed because I always felt like I was kind of this average mediocre kid you know and i think that just has to do with my upbringing but i kept getting blessed stage after stage after stage now i i'm a hard worker man i will do whatever it takes yeah but man i've always had that blessings supporting me right um whatever your belief is you know obviously i wear my faith on my sleeve you know but i just believe god has been behind me um always yeah even in the tough times there was lessons in those and so you know yeah becoming a father at 19 Man, I had to make a decision. What was I going to do to take care of my family, right? So you were married? I did end up getting married. Yeah, very short time. But yes, I did the right thing. You know, I did the Catholic thing, right? Yeah. Um, and um, and I realized I had to financially, I had to do it. So here's what I had to come off course of, okay, you're not going to go to, you're not going to go two more years of college. You're going to get in the Air Force and do it that way. Right, so, right. But I never gave up. I never gave up. And wow. That, that's a mess. That's the message that I have to folks that I coach all the time is, all right, maybe you didn't hit this goal right now, but you could still hit it. It's similar to me. Like I had a goal that I was going to be completely debt-free, no mortgages, nothing when I was 50. And you have to remember, I owned a bunch of investment properties too. So Mm. that's not as easy as it sounds. Right, right. I missed it at 50 because of the economic, you know, this that's eight years ago, by the way. I'm 50. I just celebrated my 58th birthday. Wow, man. Um, so, um, you're 58. I'm just turned 58 a few weeks ago. Yeah. Wow. Good for you. 
Thanks, man. I'm blessed wow. again. I'm blessed again, right? Like I'm telling yeah. you, I don't take wow. any credit for it. Yeah, I work hard, but but he pushes me every single day to try to be healthy. That's so awesome. so yeah, I mean, it's like I didn't hit it at 50, but I hit it at 51. I could have quit. Right. And so um, you know, it's it's just that whole like I write about it in my book on perseverance. Like you gotta persevere. So let me add, let's back up though. Now we're we're almost to your current age. <laughs> oh, wow, that that happened good. fast. Man. From ten to fifty-eight. We, got, we got some some years to fill in there, Dave. So so let's talk about you. You work for these these financial giants, mm-hmm. and and I know you don't want to mention their names, and I, that's fine. But what what did you do i mean what was your role with the were you a, a an accountant i no, mean what was god, no god what no. was you, <laughs> i love accountants by the way but that is so not me like i got yeah. I, yeah, I couldn't sit i can't i'm not a, i can't sit if you know anything yeah. about me i can't sit like people talk about netflix and stuff I'm like what's that you know like right right um, that means you actually have to sit down yeah um, but um yeah so i started i got accepted at this at this bank in this program, they they realized that they had a gap in leadership in their organization. Okay, so they were looking for bright. Yeah, I don't know why they picked me, but yeah, they were looking for bright people who did well in school, um, who had some leadership experience. Hence, the Air Force. Okay, yeah, that could come into an organization and rise to a leadership role quickly within eighteen months. Mm-hmm. So he put me in all these different departments and trained me with all these different, I talk about it in my book, bosses and leaders. Um, and and just to see how I fit, where I fit the best. And and I went into a leader. Actually, I beat the 18. I was within 12 months leading a team. And so it just went on from there. And then I became kind of a guy that was willing to relocate. Um, willing to take over a new department that was ha- or a department that was having challenges and go in and really just um, and 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 be the fix it guy. And then they'd move me to something else. And then I ended up actually, believe it or not, this is so not me, but we we trying to change the way it was run. I ended up uh, going internally into the organization and running the uh, field audit department. Jeez. Uh, and so. And that's a whole interesting conversation right there, just on how that happened, because generally auditors are the people that come in after the war and kill the survivors <laughs> in, or- in organizations, right? And I remember the CEO calling me in. They had this private lunchroom, and he's like, I knew I was up for something. Like, I knew I was getting – I got called in for something. And he's like, Dave – and his name was Dave as well. He goes, um, I want to offer you a promotion, but I think you're going to be shocked by what I ask you to take this time. Wow. And and he said, I, I'd like you to take over a field audit. And I was like, oh, my God, everybody hates those guys. I had to deal with them out in the field. And But he said, he goes, I need your attitude in audit so that these folks are welcomed as a partner when they go out to the different divisions and the different branches and stuff like that. So people don't necessarily hug you when you come in, but they don't turn their backs to you and you work as a team. So that's what we did. And it was kind of cool experience. Wow. Yeah. So, so you did this for you said twenty one years. Yeah, I went. In, I was. I also spent some time in mortgage banking in that arena. Okay. Um, and then, um, um, I decided to get out. I, I got out at a really good time. Like I got out a year before, um, with a really nice retirement package. Because the next year, 
most people got out without a retirement package because they were forced out. Oh, so once okay. again, oh seven, oh eight, oh nine, oh eight, and once once again, another blessing in my life. The timing, my thinking, my mindset, wherever I was at that time, I just you know there were some people that thought my decision was crazy until about eighteen months later. Now, what and it, I mean, it sounds like you attribute a lot of this luck, we'll call it, um, to God. Absolutely, first and foremost. How how important of a role do you think that that has played along the way? Well, my mother and my well, my grandmother and my mother was de were devout Catholics. Okay, like. There were weeks I went to church six days. Oh, geez. Sometimes before school with my grandmother, like 6.30 mass. And then, of course, Saturday night or Sunday, right? And I was an altar boy. Wow. It was funny. I've do been doing a Zoom call with, with my sisters lately, and they brought that up about how, we, you know, your kids, you'd play things at home. Yep. I used to play church, and I'd be the pastor all the time. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, so uh, they just brought that up a couple of weeks ago. It made me laugh so much because I remember I would take the missalette from church and I'd bring it at home and we'd like, I would, you know, do mass. Like, wow. That's yeah, incredible. Don't know that about me. <laughs> so, so you, you, you did this for 21 years and, and then, so that's what the age of, you weren't, you couldn't have been very old, 40 something. No, early forties. Yep. 44. What what happened after that? I can't believe you're 58. I'm still a little bit shocked about that. But Thank what you. what where'd you go from there? Um, well, a couple of things. I was blessed at that time because I did really well. And and I'm the poor. I'm still I still act like a poor kid even today. By the way, do you really? Yes, even with I this can't tell from your house behind you. It looks yeah. Forward. I'm in my Hilton Head place right now. But once yeah. again, blessed, right? Um, and um, so I've always been that poor kid. So I've been a saver. And I did well. Um, and um, so it was easy for me to come out and say, okay, let's figure out what you're going to do. I, yeah. I, I wanted to try working for myself and building my own brand. Yeah. I had opportunities, so I knew I could go back. So I did have kind of that. I had safety nets. I had the financial safety net. I had the safety net of, hey, you're in your 40s and people will still hire you. But I wanted to try something different. You know, I had been following Tony, Ro Tony Robbins, even in my corporate days. Um. I ended up getting a connection to him, a very strong connector to him. So I got to spend a little private time with him. And um, of course I had to fly to Fiji to do that, um, but I was willing to, that wasn't so bad. And yeah. and there Must was- have been a terrible trip. Yeah, there was opportunity for me there. And I decided that that told me that I could go do this myself. Wow. Um, and then I just sought out some other mentors, one that we share. You know, so um, actually, and now he's a friend of both of ours. Um, you know, Gittimer, Gittimer. Oh yeah, Jeff. Yeah. You know, he he was you know he was one of the three people I actually went to when I left corporate and said, "Here's what I'm thinking about doing. What do you think?" Now I won't tell you his responses on a live like this, but <laughs> well, he would. You know, but um, yeah, he would, but um. Yeah, I mean, it's been, you know, I did. I chose I chose mentors. And let me tell you, I spent money to meet with mentors. It's 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 not, you know, you have to be willing to invest in yourself, right? And these investors, you know, they they value their hour. And I'm I'm all good with that. That's what I do for a living now. So I'm good with that.
they helped me a lot. I give a lot of, I gave a lot of credit to, you know, the man above, but also the people that I've chosen to, uh, into my life to mentor me as well. Yeah. Well, I just sent Jeffrey a text. Let's see if I can get him on here to start maybe goading you or something. Uh -oh. So, so, um, so, you you meant you you went over the Tony Robbins thing a little bit quickly, and I want to I want to talk about that for a minute because I remember I I, I was born a poor child as well, and and uh, didn't take the path you took. I took a way different path, um, but I do remember at about 21, 22 maybe years old. Um, so about around 30 years ago, maybe a little less, I, I don't remember, but, um, I read awaken the giant within that okay. book landed in my lap somehow. And, um, that's the first one I read. It, it, it rocked my world because I, I, and, and the one thing I remember is him talking about flying over, uh, flying through San Diego in his jet helicopter yeah. <laughs> and i was like what who owns a jet helicopter yeah. and then then like he talks about hovering over a building and 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 realizing that it had only been 10 years earlier he was like the head janitor of that building yep. mm -hmm. and, and he's like and wow you know i realize how how things can really change you know and and so when you went to Fiji and hung out with Tony, what, what changed? What sh did anything shift for you? And I mean, you said you realized you could do it on your own also, right? Yeah. I think my belief shifted. Okay. Uh, you know, I think I shed some of the limiting beliefs that I could actually go out and do this, that I could be a brand that I could be successful outside of the corporate world. Yeah. That's the biggest piece for me. It's such an easy question to answer because I did. I shed some things that were holding me back. And, and most people at that point would be like, what's been holding you back? Everybody right. has a different perspective. I also learned that. I learned the whole different perspective thing there, too, because um, I wasn't the only person there. There was maybe like 10 of us. And yeah, it's some really neat, unique people from all over the world. Um, and a couple of big, big names. Of course, I was nobody then. I'm, I still consider myself not a big name, but... Um, you know, I, I just I shed some limiting beliefs and I really learned how to look at other perspectives and honor other perspectives. And doesn't mean I have to um, believe in those other people's perspectives or um, or follow those perspectives. But here's the thing is that in, in this industry, in the coaching industry, if you try to coach only from your perspective, you're a lousy coach. Yep. OK. And you still might be getting paid. A lot of money, by the way. Yeah. I just won't do that. I, I'm open to their – I'm helping them with their perspectives. I'm not trying to pour my perspectives on them. Right, right. And so I did. I learned a lot, a lot about – you know, I shed some limiting beliefs. And I came out believing, you know what, I can do this. Yeah. It doesn't mean I follow all that stuff. I Look, I love what Tony does. I've been to some many of his events, uh, still follow him. It's not my style. Um you know, I'm more of a quieter type. I do a lot of the same things, right? Yeah, I yeah. follow a lot of the same rituals, I call them, um, and try to help people build those rituals in their life as well. But that's not my style of being big and bold and out there, you know. Um, yeah. I really like the smallness of my business sometimes. Yeah.
If you like being quiet, say yes. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that him? Say yeah. Say yeah. 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 He's he's definitely uh, he knows how to hold a hold a stage for sure. I I thank God for him. I mean, he's really started this industry that I'm in. Yeah. Right. 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 Now that's a whole different conversation where the industry is now. We have sometimes, but uh, it's a little, uh, little, little, little bit changed. The the bar to entry couldn't get any lower. I hate to say it, but anybody can become a coach. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the, and that's true. And they're, they're everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> They're everywhere, but the the um, so after the the Fiji deal, you come back to the United States, and you had a fire. I'm sure. I mean, how could you hang out with Tony and not have some kind of a come back like, serious fire going on? Mm-hmm. Um, and and where where so where'd you go from there? You reached out to Gittimer. Is that when you reached out to Jeffrey? He's one of the people. And okay. The- and I still tell him today, man, he gave me, he gave me a lot of advice Yeah. and some I didn't follow. Um, and, and a, a lot I did follow the right. number one thing he told me. Um, and he reminded me via text of this the other day, cause he saw me slacking in this area is he told me to start writing. Yeah. He told me to start writing. Hey, Brian, there's Brian. Um, um he took, he told me to start writing. He said, I don't care. Find a rag that will let you write in it weekly. Yeah. And so I did. And, and what I didn't realize is that rag owns 21 newspapers. Wow. So I had a column, weekly column called Ask Coach Dave. Wow. That's awesome. And I would entertain questions from people via email. And then I would try to answer it via a column. And it was popular. I still have Ask Coach Dave. I don't write in papers anymore, but I still use Ask Coach Dave often. Um, and so that got me started. Um, and then, you know, um, John Maxwell, um, is the person who, or the mentor who challenged me to start writing books. Right. And so, so, so you connected with, with Maxwell as well. Yep. Yep. I searched out and connected with John and I actually worked with the John Maxwell company, um, as a, as a coach and a, a speaker and a facilitator. And then, as you know, the John Maxwell team now, which is different from the John Maxwell company, I was one of the founding members, partners of that organization, still very active in it. And that's probably close to 30,000 uh, certified coaches, speakers, and trainers around the world now. I'm actually, I, I don't follow John Maxwell, just for the record. So I'm not familiar with the John Maxwell team and and or companies. So I'm not sure I know the difference, but what is the difference? Well, John Maxwell is, well, his company is John's company. Okay. And that's, Hey, we go out to corporations and we coach and speak and, 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 and do things, facilitate things. The John Maxwell team is about developing people as coaches, speakers, and trainers. Okay. So got if it. You want to be a coach, speaker, or trainer. You can join the John Maxwell team. You'll okay. be trained, mentored. You can go to events and things like that. And look, I don't, we don't need to talk too much about it here, but yeah. if anybody is interested in that, surely just reach out to me, askcoachdave at gmail.com, um, and um, I'll, I'll talk to you, answer any questions for you. Um, it's a great organization. It's constantly growing. To all, I think 160 countries we have coaches now. Wow. 
it's crazy. John's in, you know, John's in that whole legacy area of leadership right now. Wow. This is a great piece for him to, to leave what's already yeah. a great legacy. Um, yeah. So, so, so you got involved and you said you were one of the founding partners of yeah, the, so the first, so basically the first year, right. Um, anybody who really joined immediately in the beginning, you were considered a founding partner. So, got it. Um, and, and, you know, it started small and that you go to some of the events now, um, the certification events, there's three or 4,000 people at a clip there now. Jeez. Yeah. They're crazy events, man. They're like, wow. It's a fun event. Wow. That's you'll, have a lot of people, you'll have a lot of people that have been, you know, certified and part of the team for a long time that go back. And then you have all these new folks that come in. So it's a great mix of experience and people new to the team. That's pretty and cool. Man. Pretty cool family. So what, so you, how long did you, or are you still? I'm doing? still active. Yeah. Oh, okay. When, I mean, I'm, not, I'm not as active as I was, you know, yeah. because, you know, there's a lot of other people there. There's some great leaders in the organization. Um, and, and I have, um, scaled back quite a bit in my life. Yeah. I mean, you're getting so old. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's a joke. I feel like four years from now I can start collecting social security, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm sure it's going to help you a lot, but, but here's, you know, I, I think that I, 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 let me just be real, man. I, Cause that's, that's who I am. I, your life sounds so easy. Oh God. I know. Well, well we met, dude, give us some, give us some dirt. Oh yeah. So like, I know anybody, anybody, anybody that knows me is watching this going like, wait a second. It sounds like he was on a rocket ship, not a roller coaster. I know it really, it really, oh, my God. dude. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, I've, I've failed marriages. Um, um, you know, I have, uh, I mean, I've stumbled, man, like everybody. Right. Um, and, and I always go back to my face to get me back on my feet. I will tell you, I have had hellacious years in my life. Have you? Some people, my hellacious years, they look at it and go like, that's not hellacious, right? So I <laughs> right. try not to make a big thing out about it. I don't talk about it because I only talk about it when it will serve someone. Right. Okay. It's kind right. of the whole thing I say, um, I used to say on my website, I don't think it's on there anymore. It's like, if you're Going through something or thinking about going through something, chances are oh, I've been there, done that, got the T-shirt. Yeah. Right? So when there's an opportunity for me to help someone with my story or my challenges, I'll do it. Publicly right. talking about it, I generally don't because it doesn't serve me or really doesn't normally serve anybody else. But, yeah, I've had my challenges. I got to tell you that I could tell you I believe um, emotionally, and this is a big out for me since you're asking me. I would say emotionally, um, 2019 was probably the most challenging year in year for me emotionally in my life. Wow. Really? It was also the most blessed year in my life. Wow. I got closer to Jesus Christ than I've ever been. And I thought I was pretty close. Wow. I got closer to my family um, than I really feel like I had been in a long time. Um, and I've, and I've, um, just, I just feel better, man. Like, I feel like I'm the healthiest I've been in my whole life at 58, which, you know, I was having Dude. a conversation with someone yesterday. Um, that's in, that's incredible though. Yeah. It's been, it's, it's like, I'm going to go back to being blessed and, and just staying, you know, um, I don't know how much time we have left, but we got yeah. as much time as we need, man. Okay, cool. Um, 
and I help, I love to help people like my coaching clients talk about their values, right? And, and I will tell you people, if you can cement your values and, and, and don't make your values about what society tells you they should be. Okay. Yeah. I, I like to teach this. I'll, I'll give you mine really quick. Cause I really think that I know this helps people because I help people with this every single day, whether it's one person or an audience is that, and I love acronyms. Every, I love acronyms because I don't have a great memory, but if I can remember the acronym, I can talk about it. And so I stack my values, my top five values vertically, okay? Kind of like a ladder, okay? Yep. And they spell out the word faith. Go believe that, right? Imagine, okay. that, right? They spell out the word faith. So my values are wrapped in faith, okay? So it's family, accountability, integrity, time and trust, and health. Now, if that was a building, right, what's the foundational value? Faith, or um, health. Health. Yeah. Exactly right. So I just build a strong foundation, and it makes the other four values so easy to live out, okay? Um, and that's why I talk about health a lot. And a lot of people go like, yeah, I see you running all the time. I see you on your bike. Yeah, I know you do 500 crunches. I know you're doing this and that and all that. It's not just about physical health. It's about emotional health. I just talked about my last 2019 emotionally was yeah. a bit of a train wreck. Okay? But I grew out of it. Um, and without my values, I wouldn't have grown out of it. And so you make your spiritual health, your physical health, your and your and your emotional health strong, it just makes those other values so much easier to live. So how, uh, What first off, what was the T? Time and trust. Time and trust. The one commodity you can't get back. And that that's one thing hard to rebuild. So, so I wrote all those down. I love that acronym. So right now, Especially, I mean, this is the first time in the history of the world that I think the entire world went on lockdown. Um, <laughs> so sorry, I'm not, it just seems bizarre. I mean, it's the most bizarre thing ever, but like, you know, there's, there are people, um, that maybe they aren't good savers or they, they didn't have enough access to save or whatever. And they're hurting right now. They're not sitting on enough cash to get them through or whatever. Um, what do you say to those people that are, that are, I mean, you know, the suicide rate is, is like 10 times what it was yeah. right now. Yeah. You know, people are, are taking their own lives as a result of this, this, what we're in the middle of and you know, what do you say to get through to them? If they could afford to hire you as their coach, what would you say? Well, first of all, I'm taking some of them right now that they can't afford. To hire. Love that. Um, and um, I, I'm going to go back to values. Like, what do you value? That's what I ask them. What do you really value? You, you know um, I've got someone that I coach that values really fancy cars and multiple yeah. homes. And has had a challenging couple of years. Um, and I've helped that individual change what he values. Okay. Um, it's all about what you value. What do you value? And 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 too many people, and myself included, sometimes value the social stuff so much, right? Yeah. 
And I think that is causing a lot of depression in people because it's it, like people who listen to this and they're going to be like, oh, my God, this guy's not real. I get that a lot. Uh, <laughs> it can't be that good. Right. You know, but the biggest one of the biggest blessings I ever had was growing up poor because it's made me it's 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 taught me values what to value what not to value um it's it's um it's kind of given me a i ask myself questions in my head before i act is this the right thing to do is this going to serve me is it going to serve others and i think helping people today i try to go back to the basics with them you know they call it blocking and tackling right yeah but really most people will tell you they have certain values right Right. I do this with audiences all the time. You know, I'll say by by show of hands, um, how many of you, when people ask you what's your top value, you say family. So 99% of the audience will do it, and I'll go, you're all lying. And they'll go like, oh, well, they already hate me, right? But they're listening to me now. I have their attention. Yeah. The next thing I say is that what good are you to your family if you're unhealthy? Right. Right? Right. You, no good to your family if you're unhealthy physically, mentally, spiritually. What help can you be? Okay? Um, yeah. And so we're programmed to, to say certain values. What I try to do is help people pull them out. You know, yeah. turn off the noise. Like, what do you really value? Because I don't care where you are in your life. If you're working your top three to five values every single day, you're feeling better about your life. Okay? Yeah. Um, I just don't. You know, if I compare myself, which I don't, but I do look at other people in this industry that I'm in sometimes and people are going like, yeah, you're sitting in a house on the beach in Hilton Head right now. Right. Yeah. I will tell you, I could have bought a place in Hilton Head a lot bigger. I'm fourth row. I'm not first row. I could be first row if I wanted to be. It's just not me. It's not that kid. It's not that poor kid. Right. Um, and um, and that's I'm fine with it. Yeah. I'm fine with it. And, um, but it does, it comes down to your values. It, and, and that's the piece I believe missing in most people that are struggling. Um, I, I almost don't like to say this, but I'd love other people to get there. And I know there are other people that I'm, I've had zero stress around this the last two months. What I stress about is what I stress about is where we're going to go as a world, um, because of the control and the way I've seen people become sheep over this. Yeah. And that's what I stress about, if anything. And I don't really stress about it. Um, I always go like, if it gets too crazy, I'm just going to find some little island somewhere and smaller than Hilton Head because Hilton Head's 10 miles. But, right. well, you know, um, I joke about that. So well, I could just find a, I can run away. Right. I'm not going to. But um, it's it's um it's it's a little scary. And from that aspect, um, yeah. we need people from a leadership perspective to really step up. And lead themselves well, be a great example to other people, so people feel comfortable with going to move forward again, right? And not being, right. not being. You talked about the word stuck, okay? Yeah. You know, being stuck sucks. It does. But for some people, it becomes the comfort zone, and I'm fearful right now that a lot of people are going to get really comfortable being stuck. Yeah. Okay. And then, and we support them in the stuck mode. For now. Right. right? Um, and there are people, I won't get politics wise, there are people politically that want people in that condition. And I will yeah. just tell you whether side you fall on, it is not a healthy condition for anybody. Well, I I think though, and my buddy Joe Ingram brings up a great point here. You know, I I, I think 
you know, I, I was, um, I, I, I think a lot of people are programmed, man. I mean, you know, Don Miguel Ruiz talks about it in the four agreements. He talks about the, 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 you know, the programming of the human, how we're programmed to believe our religious values are everything. Right. And so, so the people that are stuck, like Cindy just said, you know, she missed a C there in the word, oh, those, those, those autocorrects. Um, but you know, the, the, the people that are stuck that that aren't living on Hilton Head <laughs> that that maybe are living in the poor part of Long Island or the Bronx or or wherever that that they're they're stuck right now and they don't know what to do. They don't have the mindset of I'm just going to go out and shovel snow or mow yards or do whatever. How do you what do you say to them? What, how do you get somebody out of the mindset? Cause you know, and I know that it's a mindset, mm -hmm. right? You've got to have a shift mentally. What do you say to them to get them out of that mindset? I don't say anything to them. I just ask them questions and listen. And then I talk. So first of all, you know, I, you know, are, do you want to change? Right. Are you willing to change? Right. Right. right? Are you willing to invest in yourself? And I don't mean financially. I mean, time, you know, yeah. um, are you willing to seek advice? Right. Um, you know, it's interesting now that we've connected offline, I'm going to seek your advice on something because, you know, I found something about out about you the last couple of weeks that, that I want to seek your advice on. Yeah. I seek advice all the time. Sure. All the time. That's why I have all these mentors in my life. Right. Right. They've been there, done that. I, you know, I'm behind them. So they're reach right. out. You're they're saying right. I will. I definitely. No, will. no, 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 no. What you're I, and yes, uh, we'll talk. But I'm saying you're saying to people, you need to reach out. Don't stay stuck. Yeah. If you you know if you need help, don't stand along the side of the highway with a sign. Okay. Right. Reach out to help. Right. Yeah. People yeah. love to be asked for help. Right. Like people love to be asked for help. Okay. Yeah. Um, just ask. Yeah, That's you might. Just, man, I've had some people tell me no. Yeah. But if I went through the list of people that I've invested in mentor-wise, like right now, you'd be like, okay, Maxwell's pretty big. Okay. Yeah. Number one leadership guru in the world. Get him, and we both know he's yeah. big too. He's done pretty well, right? Tony Robbins, right? I could go on. Larry Wingate. You yeah. know Larry Wingate. He's been on the show. Yep. Yeah, you know Scott McCain. Okay, I've I've. I love Scott. Those two guys, I've invested in both of those guys. Yeah. Okay? They're mentors to me. Um, and I'm grateful for them. I'm not going to hide that. Yeah. But, and that's the, the pride gets in people's way, too. And that's why they say stuck and comfortable. The pride, like, I, that's, if go, that's something I've just kind of like gotten rid of. Like, right. It's like it, a, lot yeah. of, I, a lot of people I, will say, a lot of people that think I'm con conceited. Really? And that's because they, they, they confuse being conceited with someone that's convicted. Yeah. And I'm convinced. I love that. Right. There's, there is a difference. I'm not conceited. I'm convinced. And I'm convinced that I was able to dig out of quicksand back then. Yeah. Why can't I dig out of it now if I'm in it? 
And so if you're in it, if you're one of those people that are in that quicksand, you've got to reach your hand out and ask for help because yeah. people aren't walking around looking for people that are stuck in quicksand. You know, along the journey here, somewhere along the way, you decided to write a book mm -hmm. and you've mentioned your book a couple of times. Um, first, when did you write your book? Second, why? Bo what's it? What boss? Boss or leader? Are you leading? Oh. Are you leading for a living or living to lead? Love that, man. So yeah. what? What was the? Uh, what? What? What made you decide to write a book? Well, John Maxwell challenged me, right? Did he? Yeah. Um, and so I rose to the challenge and uh, wrote the first edition. Um, it did pretty well. Um, and then a few, two years ago, I wrote the second edition. Um, I'm in the process of writing another one right now. I'm, I'm actually getting ready to release an ebook, um, in the next, uh, 45 days. And so, wow. um, you know, and Jeff, it, it was, it was interesting that I mentioned Jeffrey mentioned something about writing the other day. So I wrote myself a little note. I wrote sitting over on the counter right now. It says note to self, write. Love it, <laughs> but um, that's how the yeah. men interject themselves every once in a while, right? Um, but yeah, it's called Boss or Leader. And actually, to the audience, um, I'll give you a promo code for fifty percent off. Um, wow! Yeah, why not? If they're if they're willing to sit here and listen to us, I'm willing to uh, to give them the book at fifty percent off. You have not on Amazon though. Um, where where do they go? They go to my site, livingtolead.com. L I V I N G T O L E A D dot com. Living to lead dot com. Forward slash books. Oh, hold on. Thank you for doing that. Forward slash books. And I'm going to give you a promo code too. Okay. When you check out, the promo code is P as in perfect, E as in entrepreneur, 101. Right there. And they'll get 50% off. Is that it? PE 101? Yes, sir. Perfect. Thank you. Sweet. Yep. 50% off. It's a great gift. And by the way, I wrote this book at a, about a sixth, seventh grade level. Um, so it works for all ages. There's no cuss words in it. There's no, it's very, very simple. And it's set up for a book to you to read as a resource guide. So after one chapter, there's some questions in there. And at the end of this book, um, you're going to see the kind of boss versus leader that you are and decide how you want to change that. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. So, so, um, what's, what's next for you? What's, what's, you know, it's, it's well, people talk scaling. They usually talk about growing, right? Yeah. I've been talking about scaling for the last three or four years of my business, and it hasn't been about essentially. It's not growing in numbers. It's not growing in in um, number of clients, number of speeches, number of CEO groups I lead, things like that. It's 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 been first about me growing again, personally, to see what is going to come out for me and my organization, what I can do for people. And so, you know, I love my one-on-one -on -one coaching business. Yeah. Um, I'm doing a ton of it on Zoom and phone now versus I used to do a lot of it face to face. I traveled all over the world to see my clients, wow. okay? which was great. Um, and I still will do some of that. But I've, I've really 
changed that the last couple of years had nothing to do with COVID-19. Anybody that knows me and my mentors and my coaches, I have two coaches, um, know that this has been a process for me, like everything for me. Um, it's been something I've weaned down. I had, I had one point, um, three years ago, I was carrying a coaching load in excess of 120 coaching clients. That's awesome. Unheard of in the industry. Um, and, and loved it. And I started scaling back and just started working smarter, not harder. And so I, you know, I, I, yeah, a lot of, there's some people that think I hardly work now. If they follow me on social media sometimes, um, because I don't really sell coaching on social media, I don't really sell coaching, period. Most of my businesses referred to me, thank God, again. Yeah. Um, and and so I share, I share more of my life on social media, and a lot of that people see me running or riding a bike or at the beach or reading a book or or cooking. You know, I share my food on social media, and 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 so, but I do. I'm very active. I just um, I'll go back to my value of time. Um, I, I don't manage my time. I prioritize my time. That's awesome. So are you, you're, you're winding down. Is that what you're saying? You're scaling down a little bit or. No, I've just scaled the way I do business. I'm not winding down. I I'm actually excited. I've got something, a couple of things I'm working on. Um, you know, what a lot of opportunity exists now that we've kind of succumbed to this, whatever you want to call it. Cause I'm not convinced that it's all about a virus, but, um, you know, a lot of things, it's going to change a lot of businesses. Yeah. And so as a coach, I wonder, how do I support that? Yeah. Right. So people are going to, you know, um, people are going to need coaching services a little bit differently now. Yeah. I'm really working on how I can offer that to my clients. You know, one of the things I've done in this is that, and I've seen a lot of coaches out selling like crazy right now. If you go, I haven't sold anything. Now, I've had people buy from me lately, but I haven't sold anything. Um, I think it's a time for coaches to really to be giving rather than taking right now. That doesn't mean we don't deserve our value. I just believe it comes around. Um, but I think there's going to be some opportunity because businesses are going to change. And people are going to need different kinds of coaching. It's all leadership coaching because leadership begins with you. right? I go back to the question you asked me. What do you tell these people that are stuck and feel like they do – they don't know how to ask for help and get it. It's like, that's what I go to them. Leadership begins with you. Where do you want to lead yourself to? And how are we going to do it? How are we going to get you there? Because really that's, coaches come alongside people. Like I don't push people and, and crack a whip on their back. And, and I also don't stand in front of them and pull them. I challenge them on, by being on their side, like next to them. And, you know, John Maxwell calls that leading across in, the, in a leadership direction. If, you, if any of the audience has read the 360 leader, you get that. Uh, it's called leading across com coming next to someone and helping them, you know, not only create their vision, but actually, you know, go out and help them get it. Yeah. And that's kind of what I do as a coach. That's awesome. So where's the, where's the best place for everyone to follow you? Well, obviously my website, leaving the lead.com. If you, if you go on my website and of course, give me your email address, which by the way, you would get an email from me once a month at the most. So I don't, I'm not one of these guys that emails people. You'll get a couple, you'll get some options on free gifts. There's a free ebook there. Um, so if you go to livingtolead.com, um, you can do that and start following me there. Of course, I'm the leaders coach, ask coach Dave on uh, LinkedIn and um, 
and on my Facebook business page. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm out there on Twitter, Ask Coach Dave. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, you know, not like I told Gittimer's Gittimer's wife, I mean, she's, I don't even, she's got thousands of followers on Twitter, 30, 40,000, and she doesn't use it. I'm like, you got to use Twitter. What are you doing? Yeah, Jen. Come on, Jen. If you're listening, Jen, Jen. Twitter. So, so, um, I ask everybody this, and the, the number one answer is always fear. Um, so you have to do better than that. Um, and that is, what do you think, in your opinion, what do you think keeps people stuck? Lack of faith. In themselves, in a, in a higher being, in themselves, in their potential, in other people. In, and, and in really what it does is you just, it's funny, I just posted something about this yesterday or the day before. Is like, it's your, you're making excuses. It's, Say it again. You're making excuses. It's really not fear. It's just you making excuses that, that actually make you more fearful, right? Yeah. You know, we all know the acronyms for fear, right? Face everything and rise. Uh, yep. the first thing you got to face is the person in the mirror. That's true. That is true. And I face it. Look, I do these things like everything I talk about, I've either been through or I, and I still do it. It's, I, you know, and I, I don't call them habits. I call them rituals. And that's really one of the things I help clients do is really create rituals around their values that is going to propel their business, their life, their family, everything that's important to them in their real life. Yeah. Joe Ingram wants to know if you were a pirate, what would your pirate name be? <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's funny. I had, I had a, I met a buddy. I met a buddy of mine yesterday. Um, we just opened up in Hilton Head yesterday, so you can go out and get a drink or dinner now. And, oh, really? Yeah. So I met a buddy of mine. He's having, uh, he's got a detached retina, so he's having surgery today. Oh, geez. so he's going to have to wear the black thing over his eye, right? <laughs> so I was told, hey, we're going to call you pirate. Um, yeah. Well, it's interesting you brought that up. I don't know my pirate name. Oh man. That's a good one. I don't know. Like I, I norm I normally I just ignore Joe Ingram. <laughs> I think I love a hey, good leaders ask great questions, right? So yeah. that's a great right. Joe, I might have to get back to you on that one. Joe's a good dude. He's a good friend oh. of mine. So so and and I feel like you've already answered this, but I'm gonna throw it out one last time. Um, again, there are people right now that, that are struggling to buy food for their children. There are people that are, um, that are, that are struck that can't pay their mortgage or their rent or their car payment. Maybe, you know, they've had a car repoed or their electrics being shut off or whatever. If somebody is afraid to reach out to you, they're afraid to reach out to somebody. They're just, they're, they're stuck and they're living paralyzed in fear right now. And I don't know if you've ever been there, but I've been there many, many times in my life. Paralyzed. What words of encouragement can you give those people that are watching right now? Okay. So let me just, before I give those words, let me just tell you, I have been there before, maybe not financially. Okay. But emotionally, I just shared from last year, right? Yep. Yeah. The first thing I did, I roll out of bed every day and I land on my knees. I love that, man. It's not to beg. 
it's to pray and increase my faith. So I would tell people, whatever you're, whatever you believe in, start on your knees, um, and you'll rise up. And and that's not just my belief. It's happened to me many times. So yeah, you look. This looks great right now. Yeah, right. I got the palm trees in the back, and you know, I got the screened-in porch behind me and all that. And um, but it hasn't always been that way. And there's not a day goes by that I don't start on my knees. I it, love it, dude. You know, they say I say this often. You know, um, don't pray when it rains if you don't pray when the sun shines. Right. Amen, man. Right. Amen. Yeah. And it's never, and honestly, and without, it's it's never too late to be saved. It's never too late to be saved. All you have to do is ask. Yep. Love it, man. If you need help, reach out. Love that. I'm not an expert on it, but I'm working on it. I think you know what you're doing. Dude, thank you. I appreciate you taking the time coming on and, and sharing um, your wisdom and experience. I've enjoyed it, man. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to growing deeper in a relationship. So, Likewise. Definitely, I want to reach out to you in the next day or two about something. Well, don't hang up on me. I'm, I'm going to end the live stream. But That's I do cool. want to say, everybody go to livingtolead.com forward slash books. And if you use the promo code PE101, you will get 50% off of Dave's book. It's awesome. So thank you, Dave. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me. Likewise. All right. We'll see you guys later. Thanks so much.